Hey everybody, and welcome to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell edition. Woohoo! My voice does sound a little rough. It is not COVID. It is because I've been screaming about the way of kings for our other podcast. All in my plan. Ruin Emily's voice so she can't podcast about <laughs> anything else besides what I like. So I'm trying to get this all set up and early because I have a business trip that's coming up and I've got to get better for that so that when I talk to people, I don't sound like I'm carrying the plague. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, the opening to this one is one of my favorites. This is Emily's best joke. This podcast has <laughs> Emily's best joke in it and we do it justice and I make sure we bring it up 10 times. Yep, she's great. Anyways, sit back, relax, and here we go. are back and so excited to record uh we actually had to watch this episode twice mm -hmm. because we watched it once and then was like let's put something else on before we record listeners we watched the entirety of downton abbey <laughs> and the movie <laughs> they were like I mean, not in one go, obviously, but every time we're like, oh, we have a free night. What should we do? Should we record a podcast? No. Well, I'm also going to close the loop on something. Yeah. It was my fault. What did you do? I had surgery. Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> Remember how I didn't have a tumor, you guys? And then it was a cyst. Well, it was a tumor. <laughs> it was a tumor. Bump that back up. So. But it was a benign tumor. That's what happens after you be eight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, then on your very next birthday, you be nine. allowed to make her laugh after surgery because of sutures so i'm gonna try and make up for all um, of that now well i thought we were gonna record a bunch of podcasts while it's down for the count but guess what it takes a lot of effort to record podcasts <laughs> and also narcotics don't make me happy that is true they make me super <laughs> grumpy and mean <laughs> uh yeah but that's why we're recording them together in the same place, because I came here to hang out with her after surgery, and now she can't get rid of me. That's true. She's like a tumor! <laughs> wow! I was gonna say bad penny, but sure, I'm like your new tumor. <laughs> Except I be 32. <laughs> Roswell episode, help you out, Emily, is called <laughs> Independence Day. Oh, yeah. And I had some guesses last week based on the title. So Megan's guesses for last week was, she thought this episode... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. I just remembered. 
that you called me a tumor? <laughs> yep, she's nodding, everyone. <laughs> that was a good one. Good joke, Emily. You really got me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're going to pop your sutures. <laughs> okay. Whew. Anyways, Megan thought. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. I will <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Okay. Hmm. Um, Megan thought <laughs> Long live the king and done with his enemies. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Megan thought that this was gonna be full of references to the movie Independence Day, which that would have been all up to you. To catch those, because I've never seen Independence Day. I only saw it once, this most recent 4th of July, at a pool party, and I wasn't really paying attention. All right. You didn't think it could be the 4th of July, because you didn't think it could be summer vacation. Or you said Michael turns 18, question mark. The sheriff is involved somehow, again, that there would be a memory of something, Nisado, and no more Miss Topolsky. Do you know what? 50-50 on that. You did pretty good on that one, yeah. It's not summer vacation. There's no more Mrs. (laughs) Topolsky. Yeah, so this episode is about Michael gaining independence from his foster care situation. Uh, And not just because he turned 18, although that was was my guess, but it's about him trying to find a way to legally get out of this. Although his initial choice is to just run away but uh do you know what i liked this episode yes vindication a little bit of vindication (laughs) earlier today (laughs) emily's already picked the next of her choices that we're going to cover and i said oh I'm, i'm looking forward to covering those um i think i'll actually i think i'll actually really like them and she's like oh come on you have to give roswell a fair shot and i just look look she gave me whoa i've been doing this for a year i've given it two shots and a booster (laughs) wow somebody had dairy for their dinner what an unprofessional (laughs) podcast You got your dairy flow. I got my dairy flow. Oh, no. It's cereal for dessert. And, uh... <clears throat> Sidebar. Listen, you guys, I know we're, like, five minutes in and we haven't talked about the episode yet, but I bought a cereal on accident. <laughs> um, So I was getting just the, the off-brand big bag of cereal, and I thought I was getting off-brand Captain Crunch berries, and I did. However, there was one more new crucial ingredient (laughs) i got off-brand captain crunch berries with lucky charms marshmallows in them and i brought it home and all of my responsible adult sisters are like (laughs) why did you buy this that's so much sugar everyone loves it it's everyone loves favorite cereal (laughs) i haven't even had any yet you better it's almost gone (laughs) and everyone's like it's so good i mean no i've i've had I've had handfuls of it dry, but I haven't tried it with milk. Gotta do it with milk. It's super good. I forgoo milk before this podcast. (laughs) All righty. So yeah, we're starting with Independence Day. Again, this is season one, episode 15. When's Kyle's time to shine? Well, it wasn't this episode. No, it wasn't. (laughs) When's Kyle's... Write that down. When's Kyle's time to shine? When is Kyle's time to shine? Look forward to it, listeners. There's going to be an episode, and it'll be Kyle's time to shine. 
He's had it a couple times. I, I really liked uh, the way he stood up to his dad after, was it at the convention or the one after? It might be in the woods when he says, yes, it's yes. in the woods. <clears throat> dad, I don't know why you're hunting Max. <laughs> you should be hunting my affection. Yeah. Ugh. But the last episode did have Kyle in it. We loved it. He got Max drunk. Max kisses Liz and then doesn't freaking remember it. But Liz remembers it. And so this episode opens and she's talking to Maria about like how she could feel the universe and how amazing it was. And Maria just does not want to hear about it. And so she pulls out her essential oils and has Liz ingest them, which... To be honest, I don't know a ton, a ton about essential oils, but I don't think you're supposed to eat them. So there's an episode of Elementary. Okay. Where a woman actually destroys her kidneys on purpose to get her uh, incarcerated brother out for a kidney transplant because the idea was that, oh, the brother gets out of jail uh, so he can give her his kidney. Um, but she's faking having kidney failure, and he's going to be free and be able to wreak havoc and revenge and everything. And do you know how she wrecked her kidneys? How did she do it? She drank essential oils. <gasps> Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. Not saying the elementary is real science. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so they just squeeze this directly into her mouth. I mean, I'm sure it's diluted with something. Um, but it's a mix that apparently vets use on angry animals. <laughs> anyway, through this whole episode, there's like a sub, sub, sub. There's there's a lot of plot going on in this episode. And mm -hmm. there's a sub, sub, sub plot of Max and Liz trying to talk over their feelings. Yeah. Um, but this first attempt gets interrupted by Isabel, who's worried about Michael. And she's like, he just, he ran into the boys' he bathroom. He saw me and turned around and left. And Michael's being cagey, and he keeps trying to evade Max in the bathroom because Michael has a black eye. Because it's a really bad one. Not yeah. just, like, a little bit. It's, like, deep, deep purple, and it's it's bad. Yeah. And, yeah, Max does get it out of him that it was his foster, foster dad, dad that did this. and It's also not the first time it's happened. Yeah, it's just the first time he's left a mark. And so this is a really sensitive situation because the the plot throughout this thing is that this has happened before and Isabel and Max are trying to help Michael in several different ways and it's just it's just a really it was a really tough sensitive episode and it ended up being one of my favorites I haven't yeah. seen this one before surprise to the surprise of no one I've been sent burdens not by the lord but by my own sister <laughs> It builds character. <laughs> so you're not going to be a tumor your whole life. <laughs> I have lots of character. I'll have you, you have character coming out the wazoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a real fart, listeners. That was my incredible voice acting <coughs> skills. I uh, made the sounds with my face. <laughs> I'm a fart face. Why are we five again? <laughs> I'm not a tumor. <laughs> Well, Emily, so so main plot is Michael trying to get out of his crummy foster situation. Mm -hmm. And I would say two plots down 
is Max and Liz are trying to t- have a little DTR again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emily, can you tell us what the middle plot line is? The middle plot line uh, has to do with Maria, Maria's mom, and the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> because um, it's we find out that the sheriff and Amy DeLuca have been dating, but he keeps getting called away to do his job. And, and Amy DeLuca is kind of getting a little fed up with this, but he mm-hmm. has promised that if she will make him a pie, he will eat it. It was innuendo. It was innuendo and outuendo. <laughs> and um, he's like, you make it. I'll eat it. <laughs> so they're going on, you know, the sheriff and the mom are going on dates and Maria's mad that she and Michael aren't dating and yeah. poor Max and Liz are not really dating either. Nobody's happy. <clears throat> Nobody's happy. And Michael has asked Max not to tell anyone. Oh, yeah. Because it's a very it's personal a private thing. thing. Yeah. And he's he's really ashamed of it. Because, you know, he feels that he should have control over his life and his situation. And, mm-hmm. and it's there's a lot of emotional stuff with it. Max what tells does... Isabel right away. Yeah. Like, the very next second he sees her, he tells her. Michael comes up to them just by looking at Isabel. Knows that she knows. Because... Oh, right. But um, isn't that the scene where Amy's mom, like, she squinches Michael's cheeks and she's oh, like, oh, right. there's my favorite little wrestler. That's right. She likes Michael. Yeah, because back in the convention episode, he saved her business mm-hmm. by wrestling. By wrestling and losing. But and he was losing. there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's very funny because Isabel's like, well, Max is like, he told me not to tell you. And then Isabel says, well, then you should have told me. He's going to know. And Michael sits down and he just looks at Isabel. And he's like, you told her. <laughs> and this is when, because, okay, we, I don't feel, have got a ton of Isabel Michael. Except in the last episode, we did. Because um, she went with him. They skipped the band concert so that they could go look for Nisado. The band concert? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the. <laughs> did you see Martin? I did. And I was like, <laughs> I have no memory of this episode. You mean Maria's singing Maria's performance singing with the band. Yep. Yep. Okay. I was like, did I forget? <laughs> so we're getting more Isabel Michael friendship, which I adore. And she's just like, I'm going to fix this for you. Let me fix this for you. And he, Michael wants no help at all. Yeah. But she finally, finally, I'm going to say nags and wears him down. I don't mean that. Convinces. Yeah. Just is like, come stay with us. Let us take care of you. Take care of you. Until you figure out what, at least till Hank calms down. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're hoping that he's going to be drunk enough. Hank will be drunk enough that he'll either forget or something or. I hate their new dad. (laughs) This is like the third actor they've cast to play this father. Mm Mm-hmm. He's just not great. Anyway, um, I don't He's know what they're... fatherly. He looks yeah. fatherly. He looks like a Leave it to Beaver dad. Okay. Like the the nice shirt and the... I don't know. Anyway, so they sit down to dinner. Michael just has meat on his plate. And he doesn't want any of the vegetables. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, well, you should try it. He's like, get off my back. Like, it's very uncomfortable. It's a very uncomfortable scene. There's a lot of tension. I don't like it. Oh, yeah, and Isabel lied to her parents that, oh, yeah, Michael needs to stay with us uh, because his dad's away. And I don't think she cleared that with 
Michael before she told her parents. And in fact, she's not letting Michael talk at dinner at all. Yeah, just cuts him off every single time he opens his mouth. And so the parents know something is up. Like, they know. And finally, the dad's like, why don't you let Michael talk? Like, honey, it's just, it's so awkward all the way around. And we ended up um, skipping these scenes the second time time we watched watched it. Because, you know, it just... It's awkward and it's sad and it's uncomfortable for everybody. Yep. But um speaking of uncomfortable. Speaking of uncomfortable. <laughs> so Maria's mother has made several pies for the sheriff. Two real ones and one innuendo. <laughs> and Liz and Maria come home and they spot the multiple pies and plates out and they realize Huh, that's a little weird. And it's not until Maria fully sits down on the sheriff's hat. And they hear muffled laughter from the pantry. That they realize there's more than pie happening tonight. (laughs) So they pretend to go back out. Maria just slams the door to be like, Mom, I'm home. So the mom comes out just like trying to cover. But then Sheriff Valenti just comes (laughs) out of the room. Emily. He could have waited because the girl's... Because Maria's like, uh, because they know what's going on. She's like, we're going to go to my room and study. And like, you should also go to bed, mom. Like, you know, the sheriff could have waited until the girls went upstairs to give some cover to this. But no, he comes out with half of his shirt untucked, lipstick smeared on his face. And he just was like, hi. (laughs) Every, like, ugh, he does this smile that does not touch his eyes at all and it doesn't the corners of his mouth don't go up they just go out like wider and wider and wider and you combine that with like the red lipstick smeared on his face i'm like that is a dangerous faced man a dangerous face man i know <laughs> that wacky old coot is kyle's father his legalities only so so Goodness. Now the wheels in his head have been turning. <laughs> since he arrested no, Amy since DeLuca. The wheels in his head have been turning since the bullet hit Kyle's <laughs> old girlfriend. Okay. And I promised himself he'd find all aliens. And now he's evolving a plan. <laughs> that was on the fly. That was pretty good for on the fly. Yeah. So that's awkward. It's still, it's just staying awkward because... We flash back over to the Evans and Michael, and they are playing Monopoly, and oh, Michael bad. is poor even in Monopoly, and, like, they're sticking to the rules and won't, like, lend him money or anything, and it's... It's weird and uncomfortable, because yeah. Michael's never played the game before. Yeah. Hey, Emily, um, what are some of the Monopoly experiences we've had as kids? What kind of Monopoly did we have? Star Wars Monopoly. Star Wars Monopoly. It was my obsession. Star Wars, not Monopoly. <laughs> The first time we played it, I was probably eight or nine. And I'd played normal Monopoly before. So, like, I I know how Monopoly goes. And all I wanted was to just buy the Millennium Falcon. Because in this game, um, that's what took place at the railroads. I didn't care what else happened. I just wanted the Millennium Falcon. And my sister Lauren beat me to the square and she bought it because she was trying to collect the railroads. Uh, because you can't call dibs on things in Monopoly. That's not how it works. And, like, I knew that. And I knew that's, like, that's how the game was played. And I knew it was a fair move. And I burst into tears anyway. And I was so embarrassed that I was crying. (laughs) 
that I ran out of the room. <laughs> and dad was like, you're that upset about the Falcon? And I'm like, I'm not upset that Lauren bought the Falcon. I'm upset that I'm crying about it. <laughs> I have feelings about my feelings, okay? <laughs> stacks and stacks of feelings. Um, Do tumors have feelings? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Pixar will make a movie about tumors. Well, there is that weird... In Wreck-It oh, Ralph. Oh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. We're going to talk about that one day. Oh, that was a terrible movie. Didn't like it. Nope. Didn't care for it. Because we played Monopoly growing up as kids, but it was a very watered-down version. And We had a lot of house rules that yeah. I think would not hold water. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a Monopoly game all the way through. Like, yeah, to make it, it to the five hours. Takes so long. So basically, we play until we get bored, and then we're like, we're good. So. Then it's like, who's winning? <laughs> uh, the next scene is... Michael and Isabel on the porch. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want anyone to know because she says, you should come talk to my dad. He's a lawyer. He can help you become emancipated, which is a thing. Um, if you have enough, I want to say evidence. I don't know exactly all the rules, so please forgive me if I misspeak. But well, they minor... didn't talk about it and let's go to court. <laughs> no, not yet. Maybe they will. Um, also, one of my new favorite podcasts. You guys should check them out. They are hilarious. Let's go to court. Let's go to court. If you are a minor and you want to be emancipated, you can. But from that, your grown-ups. From your grown-ups, from your parents, from your guardians, from whoever. But that means you are completely responsible for all your financial, educational, medical choices. I mean, you are considered an adult in the eyes of the law. And I don't know how young you can be. I don't know if there's a limit, but um, Isabel's trying to convince Michael to talk to their dad to let him help. And Michael's like, I don't want help. And Isabel is so upset that he won't take help from them. And I see both their sides. Michael's been raised in in a situation, in an environment where asking for help is a weakness and you need to avoid weaknesses at all costs. Isabel and Max have been raised in a household where you help each other. And these are two clashing viewpoints. You help each other as long as you play by the rules. Ooh! That's a good one. That they, they're in a kind and loving home. Mm -hmm. They were raised with specific manners and here's how you act and this is what's honorable and this is what's decent. And I think that's a great majority of what's getting in the way with uh, Max and Liz is he's like, I am a good boy and these are the rules I follow to be a good boy. And to be safe. Yeah. So that's. I'm glad you said that because that's going to lead us into the next point because I want to talk about Maria and her mom's relationship and mm. their household vibe, I guess, because I love it. I love it because they have such open communication that they can be angry with each other and fight, but it's not a, if I'm fighting with you, this is a bad thing. It's I'm fighting with you and I'm communicating with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not very good at that. I hate confrontation. I'm working on it. I hate confrontation. If someone is upset about something, I it's very hard for me to handle. Again, working on it. So I love this scene. Well, because in our house, we were raised with great respect for our parents. Mm -hmm. That if one of us ever sassed our parents. <laughs> um, so like, I think there was one time that I really back talked to my mom. And my dad immediately sat me down and was like, you don't talk to your mother that way. You respect her. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for us to have confrontation with our parents. Mm -hmm. um, because in our house, it's more like we defer to our parents and we don't 
I don't think I've ever been in a fight with mom and dad ever. If you're ever in a fight, it's a quiet fight. And <laughs> you don't yell, but you know you're in a fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even the, the way that I do it with my sisters is we can be boiling angry at each other, but we don't scream yeah. ever. 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 It's usually like... I did one time because I was stressed out about driving. Okay. <laughs> that was different. That was different. That wasn't exactly a fight because I was laughing. <laughs> that was me having a complete meltdown. You're laughing. Your sister's having a meltdown in Seattle and you're laughing. But example is like, uh, I do things that would bother my younger sister because like we shared a room. I don't know. Things like singing a specific song that'd be stuck in my head all the time and instead of fighting about it we'd sit down and she'd be like it bothers me how often you sing this song or like play your music so loud could you do it with headphones and then I would counter with could I play it out loud a certain number of times a week and she's like um could we cut that number down I would actually barter and we'd come to a compromise I like that now I have uh, a friend who, his family, they do full out screaming fights, but they work through their problems that way. So like, once you have the fight, it's over. Mm-hmm. I would hang out at this house for a long period of time and it would freak me out. <laughs> they would yell at their parents. The siblings would yell at each other. The younger siblings would yell at each other. Everybody would come in and yell. And I was like, I do not come from the yelling family. I am deeply uncomfortable. So uh, it's it's interesting to see that, you know, Hank and Michael, bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Max, Isabel, and their parents, good relationship, but very restrained and understated. Mm-hmm. And then Maria and her mom, very honest and open. Very honest and open. Liz and her parents, no communication. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know what she's doing. But anyway, tell us about Liz and her mom. Um, so about Maria and her mom. That one. That one. So after the really awkward scene downstairs, they obviously need to clear the air. And her mom comes in and says, hey, I'm going to ask you for space. I cannot feel like you're judging me all the time. And I'm like, she just says what she needs. And she, like, they have a conversation about this. And, and Maria... Okay, so also, I may tangent a little bit, but I want to talk about single moms and daughters. So, like, this this pairing, mm-hmm. and then, like, Lorelai and Rory from Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And, listen, to be honest, I have not seen Gilmore Girls. I've seen a few episodes here and there. But I've read some discourse about it, and a lot of it is about the relationship where it's more of sisters than mom and daughter. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to cut in with another podcast recommendation. It's Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Okay. Uh, And the podcasters are a husband and wife team where he's never seen Gilmore Girls. She's never seen Buffy. But they're each other's (laughs) favorite shows. So each episode they watch one episode of Buffy and one episode of Gilmore. And they don't tackle that exactly. But Buffy uh, is also has a single mom. That's right. Yeah. And the Joyce-Buffy relationship is very much mother and daughter and they're very distant compared to like you were saying mm-hmm. Lorelai and Rory who yeah aren't. and just the relationship with you know Amy DeLuca is obviously a single mom raised Maria it's still a mother-daughter relationship but Maria is giving her mom advice like please take it slow basically she's saying everything but don't sleep with the sheriff <laughs> like yeah. that's everything she is saying 
and and Amy's just like, are you talking from experience? Like, she's trying to suss out how much experience her daughter has had. But I just, I really liked all the all the parental relationships in this. Yeah. Because, oh, also, okay, I'm going to throw out Twilight. Because Amy DeLuca plays Renee Swan in... No! Yes! I did not know that. I hope I got the name right. I love Twilight, but now I'm, like, panicking that I'm getting it all wrong. Um, the sort of relationship that Bella has with her mom is that Bella is the caretaker. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with all of these examples. But I, I can I can help you with this. Thank Bridget you. With this. Take me somewhere. Um, so Maria's mom runs her own business and obviously financially provides for the family, even mm-hmm. though Maria also has a job. But we we have mentioned about her mom being a little flighty. Like, her, her mom is a hippie. Uh, she's into the healing powers of the universe, that sort of thing. And Maria's a very grounded and practical person. And I think it's interesting to be that, um, where in, like you're saying, the Twilight books, Bella feels like she has to absolutely care for her mother Mm -hmm. all the time. Like the, the only reason that she feels like she can move away from home is her mom now has a husband who can take care of her instead. And that's like very sad. (laughs) But in the relationship between Maria and her mother, they're much closer to being on the same level playing field. But yeah. they're, they're obviously not equals. There is still like a mother and a daughter dynamic. hierarchy. Dynamic is a much better word. <laughs> um, that they're not equals, but they're on even footing together. Mm-hmm. I feel like Maria's also had to grow up because the dad walked out on them. It's not like, it's kind of alluded to in, in uh, 285 South. Where they're at, like, the Nookie Motel and her and Michael are talking and, you know, their dad walked out and that was obviously very hard. But she's financially responsible. She holds down a job. Like, she's she's very mature. And I really appreciate that, that about Maria. I love yeah. a good ditzy character. Yeah. I love him. But I also really respect Maria for finding the best in hard situations. Why is... Why is Alex the ditziest character in the show? I was going through everybody to be like, nobody's really goofy. And I guess Alex is comic relief sometimes. But Kyle? No, Alex, Kyle's... I thought you said Kyle at first. Oh. You said Alex. I said Alex. You said Alex. And I met Alex. It doesn't... I don't always say who I meet in this show. I was like, I guess Kyle. All right. If there is a graph... Smart on one axis uh-huh. and serious on the other axis. I think Alex is very smart, but his character's not often serious. He's, yeah. he's goofy. He's goofy. Uh, but then we have Max, who is straight up a fool <laughs> and very serious. <laughs> I have serious fool. no patience for Maxwell Evans. Max Bad Evans. <laughs> Anyways, meanwhile, back at the back at back the trailer at the park, trailer, <laughs> um, Hank and Michael get into a fight, and Isabel had asked before this, "Why don't you just use your powers on Hank and basically diffuse the situation or take care of it or whatever?" And Michael's just like, "Listen, I can't control my powers. I might kill him." And even though Michael wants to kill people, he doesn't want to kill people, you know? Michael talks the talk. <laughs> He's always volunteering to kill people, but... Hank and so, Michael get in a fight. 
Isabel and Max have been waiting outside kind of for this moment and comes in. And of course, Hank is gross and disgusting to Isabel. Like, yeah. oh, have a drink with me. And, and the two boys are like, leave her alone. And he's like, I'm talking to the lady. And she's like, oh. And then she takes the drink and throws she's it in like, his face. Yeah, then here's my answer. She chucks the beer in his face. She accelerates. What is it? Accentuates? Nope enhances the I situation. can't think of the word either. <laughs> I've lost it. She, so she doesn't deflate it. She doesn't diffuse it. We're getting closer. It's <laughs> the opposite of diffuse. She like throws a bunch of wood on the fire. She puts water on an oil fire. <laughs> what is this word? <laughs> No. Infuses. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. I'm sure you're screaming at us in the microphone. Exacerbates? Maybe. No. Antagonizes. Does it start with an A? I feel like it feel starts like with it an does. A. She <laughs> aggreviates. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying. All right. I feel like it antagonizes. No. Opposite of diffuse. Concentrates. Um, let's see. What's one of the words? How about synonym aggravate? She aggravates! but that's the closest we've gotten <laughs> basically she makes it worse yes she does escalates escalates that that's it that is that is the that's it we yeah. did it we did it Thank teamwork you. could a tumor do that <laughs> <laughs> i'm never gonna look that down that's my best joke i've ever told it's a great joke <laughs> That's why we're making it the running bit of the episode, so people don't forget how clever and funny you are. Uh, we were talking today, and I was like, if I was a drunk, I think I would be a dumb drunk. I would be a ditzy drunk. I would be the girl that's walking around with one shoe and lost her wallet and her phone. I would be very quiet, like Aragorn in the corner. Oh. <laughs> Looking all mysterious. I can go unseen if I wish. <laughs> but Hank is a mean drunk. Yeah, he is. And he gets the gun out. Oh, not just any gun. He's got like a hunting rifle. Yeah, like a high-powered and scope. ready. That's just laying against the corner. Which, listen, I lived in Texas for a while. And it's true what they say. Everybody has guns and dogs. Uh -huh. I'd walk into people's houses and they would have guns lay next to the door. Just oh. like. Yep. Just out. Again, showing that this town of Roswell, New Mexico has zero gun safety laws. What is the sheriff doing? <laughs> Not teaching people basic... Not teaching people basic gun safety. <laughs> so at this point, now that Isabel... Because I think he points it at Isabel. And Michael and Max jump in front of her. Protective mode activated. Oh, that's it. I wondered what that was. <laughs> Although, okay, so Emily has a note. Um, so Emily's notes from the first time we watched it start with, don't put essential oils in your mouth. Good advice. Thank you. The other one is, finally activate protect mode. Why did it take so long? I think that is about 
Isabel and Max finally saying, oh, finally. your foster situation is bad. Because we've been screaming that thing, like, the whole time. Get him out of this. Okay, I have to, I have to um, admit to something. Okay. I was, I read my notes before we rewatched this, but I thought I wrote finally activate project mode. <laughs> yeah. She's been wondering what I meant the whole time. She holds up her book to me and be like, what does this mean? And I'm like, protect mode? And she goes, uh. Like the T does not even look like a J, but my brain automatically said, mm-hmm. you wrote it. Anyways. So yeah. Um, so I think this is why Michael. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I think this is why Michael finally uses his powers on Hank because Isabel and Max are in danger mm-hmm. and he is not good at his powers. And like the whole trailer's kind of shaking and the refrigerator door and freezer door oh, are flinging yeah. open and the windows or blinds it, are rattling. It takes Michael three tries because he's pointed at the gun and he throws a chair at Hank and then he throws the fridge open and then he finally points the gun to the side and makes Hank misfire. Yeah. And Hank He's angry. Here's the thing. He's also drunk. People don't react appropriately, I guess, when you're drunk. But he's not even scared. He's just like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And I'm like, I would be freaking out. But he wasn't. So anyway, Michael is so angry at this point that Max and Isabel had come in and quote unquote made it worse. And they're like, he's not going to remember. He was drunk. And Michael's just like, listen. That was my life. Yeah, it sucked, but that was my life. What am I going to do now? Did you guys think of that? And they have an argument, and they're like, just come with us. Like, they're just, no one's seeing eye to eye, and I feel really bad. And Michael basically lets it out that he's like, I don't belong anywhere. Like, he does not feel at home in Roswell. He wants to go and find Nisado. Michael is just so upset that this has all happened, and kind of walks off in a huff which Um, is a fancy kind of carriage (laughs) and this is this leads into one of my favorite scenes of the whole show the whole show one of my favorite yeah this has been one of my favorite scenes so far where does michael go emily he goes to maria's house in the rain walking in the rain it's raining a lot in this desert of new mexico (laughs) and this boy is now four inches shorter because his hair is plastered (laughs) flat to his skull cap in the rain and he looks like like a puppy, like a like a wet puppy. And he just is standing there and he looks so sad. And he went to Maria because she's his safe place. Yep. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she just chugs the bottle of oil. Essential oils. <laughs> and he's just like, no, absolutely not. Like, he doesn't say anything. He's just standing outside her window doesn't say anything like he doesn't say anything the next two scenes but he does so much good face acting so Mm -hmm. much good face acting (laughs) maria's like saying you can't come in here no matter what you say no 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 and it's one of my favorite comedy cuts where she's saying no 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 and then you cut to he's inside her room and she's drying his hair off with a towel yeah and he's not saying anything he's crying not like trying not to cry he's actively crying and She's taking care of him. I can't tell you how much I love this scene because, like, at one point, oh, thank you, Megan. She's giving me a hug. She needed to take care of you. <laughs> at one point, she lays him down on the bed and she's like, You don't have to tell me. Like, he's just crying because, you know, his whole life's his been whole obliterated. Life, yeah. 
And I just... Or so he thinks. Yeah. I just love that she's just there for him. She doesn't ask anything of him. She's not trying to... She's not going to hold this over him later. You know, this is like one of the most real scenes, I guess. Yeah. But it's just what Michael needs and he gets it and he finally gets something. Yeah. 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 And he's just crying. Man, this actor is just blubbering. He's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Well, they fall asleep and it's the next morning. (laughs) And who finds them? Um, Maria's mom walks in and freaks out that there's a boy. I... I wish that there would have been some sort of scene where, because she likes him at the beginning where she's like, you're my little wrestler. And like, she knows that's Michael. And I I almost wonder if, I almost wanted a scene where she's like, I've changed my mind about him. (laughs) My favorite moment is she goes, mom. And mom just goes, Maria, (laughs) kitchen now. And this is another thing I like. She brings Maria to a, not a neutral space, but it's kind of a neutral space to yeah. the kitchen. She doesn't sit and yell at her in Maria's space. She brings him to like a public area and they, they have a very frank conversation and, and Maria's trying to convince her like, we didn't have sex. He literally just slept on my bed. Mm-hmm. Sidebar, I really love the lighting in this scene. Again, I love the Roswell lighting. Both Maria and her mom do not have the brightest lights in the scene on them. We Mm -hmm. have like this beautiful orangey dawn coming in through the window and it's set up in a frame in a box behind each of their heads in their singles. Frame within a frame? Frame within a frame. Yes! Um, So there's cool blue lighting on the actresses and then there's this nice bright orange behind each of them. It's Mm -hmm. great. And I like what her mom points out where she's like, it's okay for you to have boys over but it's not okay for me to have boys over. Like, I love how she kind of called Maria out on that, you know? And Megan and I, you, we didn't agree on this scene, on the meaning of this scene, because cause I was reading between the lines, maybe different lines than you were reading between, mm-hmm. but Amy DeLuca is saying, hey, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did because I dated the sort of boys that Michael is or, you know, something to that effect. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be a jumping off point for Maria saying, oh, so I'm a mistake. Maria is clearly a byproduct of, quote unquote, Amy DeLuca's mistakes. But Meg, you didn't see it that way. Yeah, um, because it's not Maria that I think her mom sees as the mistake. It's the boy okay. that that she was with. It's Maria's dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know how young they were when they got together, but I think it's very clear that because she follows it up with, I don't want you to make the same mistakes. I love you too much. Okay. She loves Maria and is proud of Maria. What she's ashamed of is how things wound up with the guy. Mm-hmm. That was the mistake, is the boy she was with, not her daughter. Nice. And was she, was uh, was her mom married to the guy? I don't know. I want to say yes, but I don't think they've specifically stated that, and I just may be, like, assuming something. Okay. So I... Because I thought... I thought she had Maria in high school. I don't know if that was right. I don't know. Because I, I no. can't remember... I can't remember if... Because she would have had Maria after the stupid sheriff arrested her for having booty shorts on. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if, when she talked to the sheriff if she mentioned, hey, I'm divorced. She just says single mom, so I don't know if that means. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, no, I, I don't think she sees Maria as a mistake, and I, and I don't think Maria feels 
is made to feel that way at all. Yeah. Again, um, Maria and her mom have, I think, the the closest, the most authentic parent-child relationship mm-hmm. to really counteract um, what we see with Isabel and Max and their parents, and again, Michael and Hank. Yeah. Yeah. All in all, A-plus acting from everybody. But uh, Hank's missing. Oh, yeah. Not just, like... Not just missing, but um, the neighbors heard stuff last night. Multiple gunshots. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Michael gets taken in. Nope. Max? Nope. You're Michael. right. Yeah. Michael gets taken in by Sheriff Valenti. And again, an Interviewed. inappropriate. All by himself. <laughs> and not even in an interrogation room, just in the sheriff's office. <laughs> but the sheriff is like, there were multiple gunshots heard last night. Arguments. And then screaming. Inhuman animal torturous sounds and at this point i go it's nisado nisado's here to save michael yeah but i have a prediction i'm ready schism 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 what does that mean michael is gonna go with nisado even though everyone's like that guy is bad news (laughs) and they're gonna split the party He's gonna go. Which you should never do. You should never do. He's gonna go Zeke from Young Jedi Knights. Oh, yeah. Aww. Sad but true. Not only is it bad that. Not only is it bad that Hank can't be found. It's bad because that's Michael's foster's parent, and without one, he's got to be placed in a new situation. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but um, Michael's the number one suspect oh, for Hank's right. disappearance. Yeah. Because Sheriff Valenti considers everyone in his town an adult under the law. But here's the thing. Michael has an alibi, but he won't tell the sheriff where he was because he wants to protect Maria's dignity. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't do anything, you know? And so Maria knows there is no way they can convince the sheriff of Michael's innocence. So she asks her mom to talk to the sheriff. And her mom does, because Maria kind of explains a little bit more about what happened. And she has a very interesting conversation. She, Someone else is finally calling the sheriff out. Kyle has done it. Now Amy DeLuca is doing it. Good for her. She says, so you believe me when I tell you where Michael was? And he's like, yeah. And she says, but you wouldn't believe my daughter? And he's like, well, she's 16. She'd say anything to protect her boyfriend. <laughs> he hates teenagers. <laughs> It was just an interesting conversation where she's kind of like, she's my daughter. Like, she really makes the sheriff think about his priorities. Yep. So. And then the the Wonder Twins <laughs> are mean to Michael again. They are. Uh, where Isabel's like, you su- you're such a complainer, but you're not actually doing anything to fix it. Yeah. So she's like, you better put up or shut up. And Michael's like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. They're going to... I'm going to go find Nisado and it'll be great. And Michael's like, Max. it is not going to be. Max is, <laughs> Max is like, it is not going to be great. He is a shapeshifter and a killer. And I'm like, <laughs> he killed Hank. <laughs> but uh, Michael decides that he's going to go. He's going to leave town. And he mm-hmm. runs into, as he's hitchhiking his way out of Roswell, <laughs> it's, he meets this truck driver (laughs) and this truck driver is like oh why would anyone stay you know imagine you're an alien imagine you're an alien and you could go anywhere would you go to roswell 
Sorry, I'm skipping a little bit ahead to the end no, because... No, no. Wait, wait, I'm going to talk about that. Okay. There is enough, and it's bothered me that I can't figure it out, but it, I love the irony of that example of, uh-huh. oh, it was, it was another Roswell scene of where, where basically someone does a thing like, aliens are among us, and like Max is there or whatever. And I just find that really, really funny. What if there was an alien right next to you? Yeah. And he's just like, hey, 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 I, I am right next to you. Isabel and Max give Michael a going away present, and it's the rocks that they found in the cave with uh, River Dog, and it's the book by Atherton. It's just kind of like all the pieces they have, and and that convinces him. Yeah. To turn around and come home. Oh wait, no, we did skip a bunch of stuff. We Sorry. did skip a bunch of stuff, but it's okay. We were following the A story. There we go. We're gonna jump all the way down to the C story, <laughs> and it's Max and Liz finally get to talk about their feelings. Well, no, they don't really, because he shows up. And he's like, hey, I know we haven't had to talk much, haven't had the chance. And she's like, yeah, there's other things we need to talk about. Like, there's yeah, there's other stuff that's been going on. And so, like, I, I admire Liz for doing that, but I also feel really bad that she doesn't get the chance mm-hmm. to address her own feelings. Maybe when she's the A story. <laughs> she's, I understand that, you know, but I don't know. She just still comes across as very mature and very understanding and self-sacrificing and Mm -hmm. that can be a very good and a bad quality of you put everybody else first you kind of lose who you are gave it to your sister and never wonder if (laughs) the same same pressure would have pulled you under who am i if i can't carry the ball if i falter pressure like a dream in kanto watch it you guys it is magical (laughs) Literally. I really liked it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Michael finally makes the decision that he's going to come back. He does make the decision to come back. And then he makes omelets. <laughs> <laughs> so the scene just opens with... You just see this big glass mixing bowl. All right? And there's so many eggs cracked in this mixing bowl. There's already a dozen eggs in this bowl and we just see a hand continue to just crack more egg. where is he throwing the shells i don't even know he's just tossing the shells Probably off in the sink. no they're all over the floor of this kitchen <laughs> anyway he is cooking omelets for everyone for yes. breakfast michael's decided he's gonna ask the evanses is for help for help and Isabel says something interesting. She goes, I didn't know you could cook. And he says, there's a lot you don't know about me. Which is saying something because they've known each other their entire lives. They -hmm. have this huge secret between them with their alien things. And there's still things that he kept secret from everybody because that's just how he was brought up is you don't. And also, like, when you don't have control over so much of your life, the areas you do, you keep really close. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there may be things about himself that he's kept secret on purpose just because he doesn't have privacy anywhere else. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And it's it's valuable to him. Plus, they're mean to him every time he shows <laughs> any flicker of interest. Do you remember when he went to art classes yes. and they're like, that's stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> Listen, friendships aren't perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
But but he asks their dad for help too, and wouldn't you know it, he It's Independence Day. It's Independence Day. He gets emancipated. He becomes an emancipated minor. He is now responsible for his life. Where's he gonna live? I don't know. Do you think they let him keep Hank's trailer? Maybe. Hey Emily. Hey. What happened to Hank? Okay, guys. So we finally (laughs) finally see Nisado, but not really. Because first, Hank, quote unquote, comes to the sheriff's office to be like, yeah, I met a girl. I was just out of town for a few days. Uh, basically giving Michael an alibi for the murder. Mm-hmm. And is like, I'm leaving town. And the whole time I'm like, that's Nasato. That's <laughs> Nasato. He's a shapeshifter. It's him. And then we see him drive the real Hank's body out of town, bury him under a very clear easy to see tree <laughs> only digs a couple feet in the I surface think he literally just covers him with dirt he doesn't even dig a hole although you said when we were watching it it's probably so coyotes and wildlife could find the body and oh, tear it that's apart right. that's right you're right desert's unforgiving yep and barry's barry's hank gets back in the car shapeshifts to a face is it nasado's face or do you think it's somebody else's face i think it's somebody else i All think right. they're they're going to cast a bunch of different actors to play Nisado. <laughs> it's like Doctor Who. <laughs> I was thinking more like um, Azazel. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the end. We get some happiness with Michael and then a little, like, zinger of, like, ooh, what's going to happen next? What is going to happen next? Well, Megan, you saw the title of the next episode. What is it called? Sexual. Oh, is that a song? That's a song. I don't okay. know if that's the music or not, but that's a song. So, Megan, what's your guess about this next episode? I think somebody's going to have their first time. <laughs> Who? Probably Maria and Michael. Isn't it? Will it be Kyle's time to shine? <laughs> it's Kyle going to show up at all. Kyle going to show up at all. He's in the opening credits. He should get to be in every episode if he's in the opening credits. But, you know, sometimes life is unfair. Like, Dan Stevens gets put ahead of Maggie Smith. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I had a conniption. (laughs) So we're watching, we're watching Downton Abbey. Correction, we watched Downton Abbey. (laughs) And near the beginning of the series, I wasn't super paying attention to the, the opening title cards if you have a highly experienced actor, they'll be listed, especially at the end. We're like, so, you know, all the actors and such and such and so. So, like, in Roswell, the sheriff is credited and. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously, Dame Maggie Smith will be the last person credited in Downton Abbey. And they show Dame Maggie Smith's name. And I'm like, ah, yes, as it should be. And then they show Dan Stevens. And I was like, Why? Would he get last <laughs> billing? And I am like yelling. She's I'm very upset about this. Steamed like a broccoli. <laughs> then I realize it's because they are all listed alphabetically by last name. Like, um, didn't have to throw a fit. Yeah. So we decided not to podcast. Um, Downton. Downton. But I will say, my favorite thing to come out of it, Meg decided that the women of Downton Abbey should get to do one murder 
her season as a treat to themselves. They deserve it. <laughs> but we had a murder in this one. We did. We did. We had a murder. So we will see what happens. In the Wait, next- I have one more guess for sexual healing. I'm ready. Go. So we know Michael can't control his powers. Right. I think Maria will help ground him and help him use his powers. We, we saw that, like, earlier. And I think his... Listen, they may not go all the way, but I think whatever intimacy he will now have with Maria going forward will make it easier for him to use his powers. I like that. He's experiencing sexual healing. (laughs) Because, listen, there is a Smallville episode. Of course there is. Similar to this plot that you just said. Really? And Clark gets his heat vision. And it's activated. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> it's activated by Boner? Yes, pretty yeah. much. Like, And he has to go out and practice. And it is such an awkward scene because he goes with his dad and his dad has figured out how this works. <laughs> his dad is just so uncomfortable because Clark is practicing his laser vision. <laughs> Anyway, everybody, thanks for a great episode. We are going to see you next week on My Sister Made Me View It, where we talk about Roswell. But until then, I'm going to go get back to my book. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I've no more storyboarding outside of work hours for me. Nice. Nice. Once six hits, if we record a podcast, that's it. No more drawing. <laughs> you guys are great. We love you. We believe in you. And I believe in you. <gasps> I believe in you, too. Ready, break. Oh, my tumor. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. again so much for tuning into my sister made me view the roswell edition hope you enjoyed this episode because we sure had a heck of a ton fun making it heck Heck of of a ton ton fun (laughs) we had a heck of a ton making it (laughs) anyways uh if you want to come catch us outside of this podcast you can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram, where I am the only one that will be posting because I took all of Megan's social media I'm passwords. In self, what do you call it? Self jail. No, <laughs> self denial. Self imposed. <laughs> I'm in self jail on Twitter. End the podcast. You need ice cream and a nap. <laughs> Um, you can find us at Sis Made Me View It at all of those places. A special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. We really appreciate that. We really love this song. And thank you to everyone who's been reviewing and giving us ratings on our podcast. That has been so super helpful. We really appreciate you. And just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So if you have not and you happen to find the time, if you wouldn't mind either going on iTunes or Spotify has a new five-star rating system if you click on that if you listen through spotify yep you can only give five stars on spotify take our word for it don't try to click any of the other numbers you can only give us five stars please and thank you anyways we think you guys are great and i hope that the rest of your week goes well thank you again for taking the time to listen to us we love you and 
We believe in you. 